Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I, I love his blue helmet, but <laughs> I, I, I mean, I stopped myself before I said it and then revealed that and information then you said anyway. It anyway. And I know for a fact that's going to get clipped and put at the beginning of this podcast. So here we go. It certainly is. <laughs> Smoking guns are in action. The British Bulldog is part of the new generation. On lives the new generation and the world wrestling federation. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. I don't know what happened there with the voice. It won't be here around the houses. This is where we go back in time via our Ica Pro Power DeLorean to Monday Night Raw from the awful mid-90s. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without a portfolio, former Cultaholic Heavyweight Champion Tom Campbell, and I am with the mulligan to my O'Hare, checkmark himself, Jack Atkins Jackins. <laughs> Hello, mate. Hello. Are you with your blue tick on Twitter? What a lovely, what a lovely turn of uh, events that was. Oh, me and Fraser were saying that we've suitably lowered the bar now. <laughs> to, to, to the to the blue tick world on Twitter, Fraser and I are the Coco Beware and Tory <laughs> Wilson of the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'm saying we don't deserve it, but <laughs> but you you know your role. Yeah, I'm gonna. I enjoyed. I'm just pulling it up now on my phone. I enjoyed the announcement tweet from uh, from Brat Atkins when you announced you are now on Twitter. Got a blue tick now. You can all kiss my immaculate ass. <laughs> that was how we all found out that <laughs> our boy Jackins had a blue tick. My favourite thing about it was the fact that uh, Jack King he didn't didn't reply, didn't like, didn't engage me in any way. Took a screenshot and invented his. <laughs> Yori, because he still hasn't got one. Because he, he saw me, he saw you, and then Fraser, and then me, all reveling in your fine moment, all with our check marks proudly on display. That's the only reason I want. I, don't, I didn't want one to be like, oh, my, my work deserves a blue tick. I'm just like, no, I want to kind of wind some people up if I can. Do you wonder if at 
Twitter HQ, Keith Twitter went, oh, I've got some of these check marks to, to go through. I'm a bit rushed for time. Um, Jack from Cultaholic wants one. Is that him? Yeah, there you go. Done. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been what happened. It's, I, I do believe so, probably. Has it changed your life? It has. Yeah? Yeah. Have you discovered the verified column? I have, yeah. Good so, <laughs> so far, it's just you and Fraser in. <laughs> it's very good for... Um, What's the best way of putting this? Um, sifting out the riffraff. Of which I am officially no longer <laughs> part of. <laughs> I want an upper echelon now. Welcome. Well, that's it now. Now, I, now when I check my verified column whilst I'm drinking my caviar, <laughs> I can go, no, what's Brad Atkins got to say today? Yes, I mean... Uh, it's I, very I, good for getting interviews. I loved seeing you at the um, Secret Verified Clubhouse the other day as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed our glasses of caviar. Mm. That we had there, and we ate a pipe. Yeah. Uh, it was a very delicious pipe that we lo- ate, and lo- we, <laughs> we watched some bullfighting. <laughs> no, we didn't watch bullfighting. No. Bullfighting's a horrible thing. Mm. We What we watched instead was mechanical bullfighting, yep. which is where we got two mechanical bulls, <laughs> pushed them into the room, and, as, and set them off. So they're just sort of banging into each other nonchalantly. But we're drinking caviar. We ain't buffered. We're having a great day in the, uh, in the, in the showbiz uh, blue checkmark clubhouse. Yeah. You're not allowed in, <laughs> Jack the Jobber. Yeah, get, yeah. get to step and get to stay out of our clubhouse, you prick. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean that at all. He's a lovely man. Um, apart from that, are you all right? I'm very well, thank you. Because um, I feel like we haven't touched base properly no. in a while because we recorded two episodes back to back and then you went away and yeah. then I had a, a, a notoriously busy week last week so we didn't get a chance to do yeah. one last week. But you didn't know... Because it was all in order. Yeah. But we've, we've, the, the time has elapsed between we've been since <laughs> sitting here. Uh, but are you all right? I'm all right. I said that quite in, in, in <laughs> you quite tell me right. Are, are you all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Promise. <laughs> Better be. Yeah, I had, I had a super lazy weekend. And so if there was, say, if there was a league of getting up early. So if okay. it was like the Premier League, you'd be Liverpool or Man City. That's very kind of you. And I'd be like Aston Villa. <laughs> not not the same heights, but you know, respectable place. Shit on the villa. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my dad always says to me. Is uh, we is go he, to church? Is he a West Brom man? He's a baggies boy, isn't he? Is he boing boing etc. Well, I, but um, unfortunately, in this analogy, I'm better than West Brom. But yeah, <laughs> but, um, most people are. So usually, I get up fairly early, not as early as you. But uh, yesterday, woke up, fed the cats. Oh. Bit of wind there, if you're watching on the Patreon, that's what you pay for. You have to watch a little... Hey, look, subscribe on Patreon. You can watch a gust of wind see blow wind. a piece of paper across the table. I'm going to use that as a paperweight. Oh, people will be gutted. So, yeah, I got, I got up early, fed the cats. Um, they were no bother all weekend. And then I got back into bed until about 4pm. Oh, nice! Sat there playing Minecraft on my Switch all day. And nice! Just, just, I didn't know you were a Minecrafter. Mm. I never got my head around Minecraft. It's my mates got into it during the beta years ago, and when they were talking about it, they're like, "Oh, I found iron. Oh, I found silt." And I was like, "Oh, this is rubbish." <laughs> and I played it and got hooked. And I just use it as like a pottering simulator, basically. Oh, that's nice, though. So the world of play with my mates, they've jibbed it a little while back. They left it, and one of my friends is a mad scientist on it. So his his base camp where he set up 
is a nightmare to look at. And it was just oh horrible. Oh. And he'd be like, oh, I accidentally bent half of it to the ground. It doesn't matter. And then he'd build something else on top of it. So because he's not playing, I've just gone and tidied it up. I've just been oh. cleaning it up and be like, that doesn't make sense. Let's do this. And Does he know you've tidied it up yet, though? No. Uh, but he so he'll, he, next time he logs in, he might go, oh. Yeah. This has been kept rather well. Yeah, I'll be like, well, you know, just tidy it up. That's very sweet. Yeah. You, so, so can you go around and tidy up other people's homes? Are you like the? Are you like a Minecraft cleaner? Pretty much. Nice. Yeah. Well, we, we we all have when, when we played it. We all had our roles. One of my mates was like a mad builder. One was trying to figure out all the mechanics and redstone. Uh, my friend Timo, who's been mentioned on this before, Timo. Uh, he it was his first time playing it, and he just went mad and basically built. Um, what what's it called in Game of Thrones? Is it Winterfell? Winterfell. It was basically just a big. <laughs> monolithic castle thing on top of a snowy mountain. Get in. And I just built a little house on a beach. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. lovely this. I've got a dog called Kevin Keegan and <laughs> I've got two cats called Moira Stewart and uh, Wee Jonathan. <laughs> it's lovely. I like how you have the entire world at your fingertips of what you could create. Got a little house on the beach with a dog and some cats. Yeah. You're a simple soul, but in a, not in a not in a demeaning way. More oh, no, in a yeah. like your 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 pleasures in life are simple. Oh God, are you? You know, you 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 because I know we talked about this before. You you obsessively collect coats and jackets. Oh, I do love coats. I mean, like you yeah. you buy them. You don't just, <laughs> just <laughs> steal them. Stare at them. Just go nice that. I'll never wear it. <laughs> um, just yeah, that's I'd, nice though. But how, how about yourself? Apart from not being on Minecraft, I'm doing. Oh, I'm, I feel like I'm missing out because my my game for that is. At the moment, it's probably it's, it's still two K nineteen. I like I'm one of the few people that like playing the two K nineteen games. Mm. They're they're nice and easy to play, and I can shut my brain off a bit. I do that with Spider Man quite a bit. Yeah, and Fall Guys. I feel like all I do at the moment on PS four is play Fall Guys. I need to get back into Fall Guys. It's great. Yeah, I just I I know that the whole world's moved on and it's not trendy anymore. I like playing Fall Guys. See, I always. Just assume that you were strictly a retro guy. I didn't realize you were. I do a little bit of the new stuff. Mm. I do a little bit. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I had a, a lovely hour or two playing Wario Land on my Game Boy Color. <sighs> Since we've last spoken, I've, I've been <laughs> playing that a little bit more. Yeah. That bad boy. Um, but I do like some of the new stuff. I'm, yeah. I have got that. I mean, the only other thing I'm looking at my PlayStation Arcade. It's quite my PlayStation uh, titles. I feel like I just I, I feel like I'm not using it to full potential. I've got four guys on there. I've got 2K19. I've got Spider Man, and I've got the Sega Mega Drive collection. Very nice. <laughs> and it's just like I should maybe play more thing. I don't know. I feel like I should. You're talking to me who bought a PS5 in October and plays Minecraft on it. So. <laughs> That's the reason why I don't buy a PS5 yet, because I feel like there's no games on there that would justify me playing paying yeah. that much money for it. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking, right, I'll get that and. Battlefield will come out and mm. I'll play Battlefield and blah, blah, blah. But then I got hit with a tax bill this week, so I've been like, mm, I might, might have to wait. I might just hold fire and just get that paid, <laughs> really. So <laughs> it'll happen. Yeah. Right. Well, Stray's coming out next year for the PS5. I'm looking forward to Stray. Is that where you're a little cat? You play a little cat. That's right up our alley, then. It's great, isn't it? It looks lovely. You yeah. just play a little cat in a, in a sort of post-apocalyptic world, trying to find your way in the world. Yeah. It sounds brilliant. Wonderful. I also, since we last spoke, um, I don't know whether I put this on the podcast yet, but I've um, I've really got into Atletico Mince, <laughs> which is Bob Mortimer and and um, Andy Dawson, Andy Dawson's yeah. podcast, and uh, I've I've blitzed through about a hundred episodes of it, <laughs> and and as it's brought me many laughs, but I realised kind of 
Holy shit. Have I been... Have we been ripping off Atletico Mints on all these podcasts? Because it's a, summer, a similar humour. <laughs> and I didn't know. I was like, oh, no. See, the thing is, you can feign ignorance. I've been listening to Atletico Mints for about five years now. <laughs> it's, a, it's, in, it's in essence a football podcast, but it's not a football no. podcast at all. No. It's, just, it's just Andy and Bob catching up, isn't it? Yeah. And just slagging off Sunderland and, and doing impressions of, of random people from the football world and beyond. Yeah. Mainly football people and the guy from the darts, Adrian Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> and I've just, just been in goal, entrenched in it. It's, and I love it. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's, 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 I've yeah. died laughing several times. Yeah, because... When we spoke about it the other week, had you not listened to it or only listened I, to an episode I, or two? I don't think I'd even... I think I'd listened to probably some clips of it. Yeah. But nothing, like, enough to really substantiate. But then after our conversation, I went, all right, it popped up on me thing because it still comes up as like, oh, you listened to this that time. I went, all right, I'm going to really throw myself into this. And I was just like, this is amazing. Why is it taking me <laughs> this long to get my head around this? It's beautiful. It I'm, truly is. One for, one for the Patreon. I'm going to have to take off my top. It's a bit warm, isn't it? It's a bit warm. Admittedly, I took my jumper off and I've got a shirt on and underneath but I'm, but I'm a bit smelly so I'm gonna keep it <laughs> gonna keep it on <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it was like a, like a shirt you shouldn't be wearing <laughs> yeah, just, a, just, a t- just a deeply offensive t-shirt um, anyway uh, let's continue but you put your hat back on I admire the consistency it's, I haven't shaved my head for about a week so it's a bit patchy yeah I thought you looked yeah. a bit patchy <laughs> yeah so I was like are oh. you gonna grow it are you no we, we were gonna Sean said oh do you want me to shave it last night and I was like We'd ordered a curry. We're about to finish watching part two of the Beatles documentary. And I was like, oh. I can't be bothered. I was like, we'll do it tonight. Do you enjoy Get Back? I'm loving it so far. It's, 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 it's incredible. Fascinating. Yeah. Just the be- the way it's been beautifully remastered. And I, you know what I realized when watching it? I've only watched the first part. Maybe the second part. Um, no, only the first episode, definitely. Um, right. <laughs> I like how Paul McCartney eventually brings Linda in mm. just to give Yoko someone to talk to because yeah. she is just sat there yeah. about this whole thing I just, right up in everybody's face I, I do like the fact that it kind of like it shoots down the thing people are just like oh Yoko Ono broke up with the Beatles like no she didn't her and John's relationship are very toxic mm. and they're very codependent, but but it's the sort. I kind of still stand by that idea that Yoko broke up the Beatles because that's the kind of thing where, if this if that was the lads going to the pub, yeah, I'd probably stop inviting John because yeah. he always fucking brings Yoko, <laughs> and I just go ah, just lads, just lads tonight. I can imagine her going, "What do you mean, just lads? I want to <laughs> come to the pub." <laughs> yeah, but it's just why do you want me there? I just. <laughs> It's just a do, but just lads tonight, you wouldn't enjoy it. We're just going to talk about growing up in the dingle for about five hours. <laughs> I remember Alex would say it to me, saying, like, like I want you to invite me so I can say no. Yeah. <laughs> go, All right, weird. Because there's a few times where I've gone out with, like, friends. I said, look, I'm going out tonight. I'd say come with, but we're going to just geek on wrestling and you're yeah. going to be bored. And she went, I know, but I appreciate you half inviting me. <laughs> you're welcome. Have a lovely evening. Sean and I are the same. She went to see uh, mum and sister recently. Uh, well, she attempted to. She went to drive to the Lake District the night after that storm. Oh, storm, are we? Yeah. So oh, God. But she was like, oh, I'm t- you can come if you want. I was like, it's you, your mum and your sister. Go have fun. Go and have, a- <laughs> Go have fun. That's my line. Go and have a good time. You don't need me dragging you down. I'll be eating crisps and playing <laughs> Minecraft. It's great. <laughs> 
No, I implore you, bugger. Go, no, no I've packed your bag. <laughs> in fact, don't worry about the storm. You'll be fine. Just fucking go. Take I've, a attached to, I've attached a snowplow. You'll be fine. <laughs> Ignore what the man on the weather says about only go, only travel unless absolutely necessary. <laughs> it's just hyperbole. It's the news, isn't it? Fake news on the BBC. Just get going. <laughs> get going. I've put some more weather tyres on your car. It's <laughs> put some chains around it just to be sure. Like in jingle all the way. <laughs> yeah, that storm was awful. Yeah. I ended up doing some proper overnight radio for that. I was very excited. I, I saw you on Twitter yeah. and I was like, oh my God, he's actually he's, he's actually ventured outside. Yeah. This. So I did afternoon and then they said, can you come back later? Because <laughs> we're, we're going to stay live through the night. I was like, yeah, damn right. So uh, I went home, had a little sleep, woke up again about 1am and got a taxi in. And then we did proper local radio, which is like road closures, weather updates. Yes. Stephen's stuck in his house. <laughs> on the, you know, Mike's in his van on the A66. Like, he's like, oh, this is, this is proper radio. <laughs> this is like, yeah, we're here for you. We're yeah. here with you. Here's Ed Sheeran. We're here for you. Except <laughs> when we play Ed Sheeran. Not so much. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, Storm Island was bloody awful. Yeah, it was. It's like genuine, like, to the point where Alex at one point went, I didn't realise we had a little gap in our patio. <laughs> In our in, in our balcony window. Oh, because because it was cold blowing in. Yeah, but like from underneath. Oh, like we were all fine, but like you could feel it, like to the point where it's like, does it feel like the doors open a bit? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not. The um, Louis was terrified. Oh, bless him! He, he was really frightened. How, did, how's, how how was how did he cope with it all then? Well, he he jumped on the bed and he was kind of like, oh. Because well, we were awake, we're right on the seafront, so we were kept awake till about 3 a.m. Oh, God. Um, but Louis jumped on the bed, and he's like, oh, 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 I'm not sure. And he kind of w- walked over to Sean, and he was just like, can I hunker down with you? And she oh. ended up spooning him. And then Poppy slept between us, and she was sat there like, what's going on? And we were like, Poppy, it's all right. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, <laughs> she just got on with it. But, um, oh, bless Louis. Yeah, he, he was a bit, a bit frightened. I think Pablo it. got on the bed with us that night as well, but I think he sat on the end of the bed. Because black cats are protectors, aren't they? Yeah. They're like, I, don't worry, the storm won't get through me. It might. <laughs> oh, so I got I had Pablo's story stored in my mind palace to tell you. Um, so I'm nervous about what I'm going to be going home to after we finish recording today. By the time you hear this, I already know. Because last night we're watching Christmas Chronicles. Right. Is that the Kurt Russell one? Kurt Russell is Santa. Yeah. It's great. Christmas Chronicles 2, bag of shite. It's just, I, they, yeah. I, they ran out of sharks to jump. They jumped them all. It was awful. But the one is it's beautiful. And we watched it and we heard like a clatter. <laughs> Many a mighty clatter. Um, <laughs> and suddenly Pablo had gone from the kitchen floor to the top of the fridge, which he's never done before because it's too high up. So he'd sprung onto the work surface and then somehow cleared about four and a half foot to land on top of the... I was like, dickhead, why are you up there? (laughs) And he had the look as if to go, oh, get it, I'm up here. Oh, hang on. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't know how. How, What do I know now? (laughs) There's nothing to go there. And Alex is is a bit, like, panicky. She's like, like, I'm worried he's going to hurt himself. And I said, the thing is, I kind of want to just watch and see what he does. One, for fun. And uh, (laughs) two, because, like, if he does this when we're not here tomorrow... Yeah, he's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> he's fucked. And um, <laughs> so he, he 
he got up there, and at one point, he looked like he was going to try and jump from one from the fridge to uh, the the top of the cupboards on the other side. I think he could have cleared it. He was in prime to go, and I thought, I'm going to stand underneath just in case it all goes wrong, just in case he Eddie the Eagle Edwards is it. I'll just stand there. And uh, he ended up bottling it and then just going and sitting at the other end of the, the, the fridge and just meowing sadly. And I thought the test is, is the dreamies test. And when we had the office in the spare room, I had the mattress up against the wall, mm-hmm. and Pablo one day managed to scale the mattress and get on top of it. And I shook a bag of dreamies to see, like, if he can get down, he'll get down. And he was like, give me like a sad because he's like, I'm fucked so dreamy, but I can't get down. <laughs> like, right, you are fucked then. So I did the dreamies thing with him yesterday, and he went, it's like, yeah, you're fucked, aren't you? You're fucked. So I go up, get, a, get on a chair to be like, okay, right, he's been up there for 20 minutes, but it's getting down now. <laughs> it's, it's losing its novelty. It's been up there an hour. It's fine. <laughs> eating dust um, but then like, he's clearly stuck like he's clearly in bother so I'm trying to get him off and that's when he sinks his claws into the woodwork and goes no I'm staying here it's like mate you've you've been meowing to get down I'm oh. coming no <laughs> I had this image in my head of pa- Pablo as a, a smart young gent <laughs> he can be but he can also be a bit thick. Yeah. Like, this is the cat that, that, that kicked off at his own reflection that time. Right. Like, properly hissed back up, tail on end, at his own reflection. <laughs> so he's, he, he can otherwise be, like, a nice distinguished gentleman, sit on the sofa with his arms folded, all nice. But sometimes he can be a dickhead, jump on the fridge and go, don't know I'm getting down. Fuck. <laughs> so we're hoping that today he hasn't gone, I'm going to try that again, because we ain't there to catch him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I'm hoping that he's seen sense. But hey, by the time you hear this, you'll know. In fact, tweet me and ask me how it went. I'll either be on the sofa or at the vets. <laughs> He's fine. There's cameras. He's, he's hard. He's, he's hard. hard no. yeah. Hey, should we talk about Raw? <laughs> I suppose. Do we have to? I suppose. We're obliged to. It's a solid 20 minutes without it. We should probably crack on. So uh, this is where Jackins and I uh, watch every episode of Monday Night Raw. Not in one go, you mentalist. Uh, One at a time, obviously. And we are deep into 1995 of the new generation era of Monday Night Raw. In a moment, Jackins is going to paint a picture for you using your mind's eye. He's very much um, the Bob... Ross. Ross. <laughs> I straight away thought, wholeness. I was like, <laughs> the joke book. <laughs> For the Patreon as well, you'll know that I did an impression of an afro <laughs> to signify Bob Ross. He's famous the Bob Ross of the wrestling journalism world. He'll paint a picture of uh, 1995 this week <laughs> for you, October the 30th week commencing. Uh, uh, in the real world, in the UK box office, Mortal Kombat number one. Always. Uh, the US box office, Get Shorty, is number one. Never seen it. No, I've heard it's very, very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. I can imagine it's probably dated. Because it doesn't hold up so well. Yeah. Maybe not. In the UK charts, Coolio Gangsters Paradise is still there. Of course. Soundtrack from Dangerous Minds. Mm-hmm. Mariah Carey holding still at Fantasy. Uh, with Fantasy, still number one. The fifth week in number one in the US charts. Yeah. She's storming it. Uh, in the gaming world, Destruction Derby came out for the PS1. Ooh. And on MS-DOS PCs, the point-and-click adventure, I have no mouth and I must scream. What? You've never heard of I have no mouth and I must scream? Well, 
allow me to furnish you with furnishing furniture known as information. I'm getting comfy for this. The floor is yours. Oh, so, uh, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream is a point-and-click adventure game made for MS-DOS uh, running on Windows 95 or whatever. Uh, it takes place in a dystopian world where a mastermind artificial intelligence named AM has destroyed all humanity except for five people whom he has been keeping alive and torturing for the past 109 years. He's been doing this by constructing metaphorical adventures based on each character's fatal flaws. The player interacts with a game by making decisions through ethical dilemmas that deal with issues such as insanity, paranoia, and genocide. MS-DOS. It sounds like a precursor to Fallout. It sounds like Fallout and Black Mirror. Oh, God. <laughs> All in one. And it's on the MS... It's, on, it's an MS-DOS point-and-click game. It sounds terrifying. That sounds horrible. That's awful. I have no mouth and I must scream. It's apparently very good. Did you know of this game before you did the research? No, I learned about it when researching for this episode, so... Um, I mean, I'm keen to do a playthrough, I think. I think it might change me forever. It might make me a bit poorly. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're thinking on it. Uh, one other bit of world news, since we're in Canada for this uh, assortment of tapings from Monday Night yeah. Raw, which we have been for some time. A bit of Canadian news for this day in history, October 30th, 1995. There was a referendum held in Quebec. Mm. asking whether they should separate from Canada to form an independent country. It was on this day that the voting took place to determine whether Quebec should secede. At the last minute, the nays had it. No squeaking by 50.6% to yeses, 49.4%. Literally, Brexit was decided with a... With, with a similar vote to that, which God. is terrifying. But uh, that's democracy for you. It's also very Quebec. I've got some friends from Montreal, mm. and they don't live in Montreal anymore because they're just like, oh, fucking Quebec, basically. <laughs> really? It's, it's one of those things because they've got the, the dual, I think it's the Dual Languages Act, so everything has to be in French and English. But I think French has to be first because they're quite, I don't want to say petty about it because... It's a different country, and I'm not a member of the society, but everything has to be written in French and English, but I think French first. Uh, and my mate Rudy, who is from Montreal, says that some of the attitudes he hates are, you'll speak to some people in English, and they'll respond in French. Even, uh, though, even though everyone speaks both languages, he's fluent in both, but obviously he, he's more comfortable with English. But, but if someone spoke to him in French, he'd reply in French. But some people, you speak to them in English, and like, no. I know English, but oh. I'm only speaking to you in French. So, oh. yeah. It's, uh, I really want to go, though. It's meant to be lovely, Montreal, but it is meant to, like, just don't bring up <laughs> the rest of Canada to them because they might get a bit sore. But, uh, Fair shout. So that's the, uh, that's the real world news. It is. What have we got in the wrestling news, sir? Well, remember last week? Well, I say last week. Remember six months ago when we did the last episode? <laughs> Remember a million years ago when we did that episode? And there was a reader's poll from In Your House 4, and it was a damning indictment of the state of the... Yes, yeah. I remember this. So last time, uh, on, according to the Wrestling Observer news, newsletter, the reader's poll from In Your House 4, thumbs up with three, thumbs in the middle with seven, and thumbs down with 226. Okay. We have some updated numbers. Go on, then. Thumbs up, 18. Thumbs in the middle, 17. 
thumbs down, 296. Oh! Um, Melter speculates the new improved numbers were due to Halloween Havoc being so shit that some people reevaluated in your house. Oh, God. Uh, and of course, coming up soon, talking of uh, Halloween Havoc. You and uh, We are indeed. So you'll get to hear, watch that next week on the. Oh, no, this week. This week? This week! <laughs> I've lost track of all the weeks. Uh, that is right. Sam Driver and myself will be watching yeah. a, a, the full uh, Halloween Havoc 1995. And you'll be able to watch along with us. It's you might be joining us, maybe? Potentially, yeah. Because um, I'm near the end of my big meaty script that I've been working on for a while. Mm-hmm. So if I get enough headway done on it tomorrow, I'll come join. But oh, there we go. I might have to do a bit more and then Well, we will recharge. see. But, but that is very much happening. Oh, and yeah. You'll be able to watch along with us on the podcast feed. It's a beautiful show for all the wrong reasons. Halloween Havoc 1995. But uh, so, yeah, sticking with the Wrestling Observer newsletter, In Your House 4 did at the time of writing a 0.35 to a 0.52 buy rate. Um, huge drops from what would have been the previous worst pay-per-view performance in WWF history. Uh, other estimates have ranged from the 0.35 figure up to 0.4, which would make it the first WWF pay-per-view event since pay-per-view's infancy not to crack 100,000 buys. Oh. And the show may have actually been the first WWF pay-per-view event to be a money loser, um, just because it was just really bad. Um, I didn't think it was that bad of a show, but obviously the people talk about the doldrums of 1995, and this seems to just be a big pin mark and they're just saying it was just that bad that people weren't watching um what was Melter saying about it he was saying any kind of a major turn off has occurred for whatever reason it would be nothing short of disastrous more for the WWF than WCW which has the large corporate backing to make money losses really nothing more than paper unlike the WWF which has to either eventually be profitable or go through yet another round of cutbacks and at worst case scenario cease to exist so the wrestling industry is getting hammered at this point because yeah fan interest is low uh, and, and there's so much content now out there as well, so that, that low fan interest is being spread quite thin. Yeah, well, Mel- Melter speculated that the low numbers could be due to the Monday Night Wars, and because Raw and Nitro are giving away so much on free TV that pay-per-view isn't as much of a factor, which, when we get to the height of it, when it's at its pomp, obviously the pay-per-view numbers skyrocket, mm. but everything important that happens happens on Raw and Nitro, if you think about it. Yeah. Just, You'll have the payoff to yeah. angles, but it's all about the build-up and I th- I think, and all. Yeah, Raw, Raw, whilst they still focus on pay-per-views, there is still that, um, with Nitro especially, they're more sort of booking week-to-week yes. television rather than building towards the pay-per-views. But yeah, um, so bad numbers there. But don't worry, because both WWF and WCW are about to make a play for the public enemy. Um, yes, so this is interesting. So both guys want a piece of the action here, and this yeah. is down to Paul Heyman really yeah. selling them, selling them really well. Yeah, to both parties, Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge. I mean, I like the Public Enemy. I'm an old school ECW head, but they weren't that good. It was classic Paul Heyman mentality of you know boost the positives, hide the negatives, and they went gangbusters for a while. Um, Spoilers, they end up in WCW. They mm-hmm. have a short run, which was all right. 
then eventually make it to WWF in, was it 98, 99? 1999, they did, uh, they appeared on Raw, and then they were sort of very quickly relegated to something like Heat, and then they just vanished. Yeah, they were, they were welcomed into the WWF by the Acolytes, who proceeded to batter them for basically saying, <laughs> can't believe you picked WCW over us, you twat. And I was like, Ron Simmons, you a WCW champion? He's like, don't care, I'm not there anymore, am I, short ass? So, uh <laughs> It's yeah that that was uh, that was pretty rough. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. pretty rough. Well, they did the same treatment to the Dudley Boys, didn't they? I think the Dudley Boys' first match or one of their first matches was against the Acolytes. Mm. To basically say, "Can you hang with us?" And obviously, Bradshaw and Farouk start working snug with Bubba and Devon, and Bubba and Devon are like, "All right, then let's have a go," <laughs> and ended up becoming record-breaking tag team champions. They yeah. did that. They did. Someone who is not a record-breaking champion was Avatar. Oh, have a banana. So we met Avatar on the last episode of Monday Night Raw, and it was Al Snow dressed as a poor man's Hayabusa taking on Brian Walsh, and it was... It was a bit Hayabusa, it was a bit Power Rangers-y, it was... uh, But mainly Hayabusa. Yeah. Imagine Hayabusa if he was a background character in Killer Instinct, (laughs) and you've got got around the, the right... Right lines. Uh, apparently, among the reasons given for the weak <laughs> debut, besides both himself and opponent Brian Walsh having a case of the nerves, apparently the ropes were useless after being stretched and not tightened after the battle royal, and from all the baby oil some of the guys wear to make their physiques glisten under the lights. So the ropes were slippery as hell and very loose. I mean, I'm trying to remember. Was he a bit botchy? Were they a bit botchy together? Yeah, because I... I Figured it was down to Al Snow working under a mask because not everyone can work under a mask. Some people find it very difficult. Mm. Mix that in with the jitters and being like, right, this is the opportunity to have a, a big character during this martial arts boom. Mm. But apparently, no, it was because of loose, sweaty ropes. <laughs> sweaty ropes yeah. undid all that hard work. I mean, if, if it was a character they were super into, then it'll be fine. I'm sure he'll come back. Okay. And I'm sure they'll give him another go. Oh, spoiler. Well, of course. I mean, he'll have a couple of goes, but he'll have a very good go in ECW. And speaking of which, October 28th, oh, ECW. Yes! This story from ECW is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. amazing. Phenomenal. Right. It's the infamous Cactus Jack Firechair. Hooray! So for those uninitiated, it was the midst of Cactus Jack's anti-hardcore stuff. It was... We just had the Kane Dewey promos not too long ago, so Cactus Jack is a big heel. Um, he had a match with Tommy Dreamer, who, of course, was the, the heart and soul of ECW. Um, so Dreamer and Cactus had a match on October 28th, and it ended with Cactus Jack and Raven just beating the bollocks off of Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Terry Funk runs out with his branding iron on fire, you know, as is tradition. As you do. So Cactus went, right, sod you. I'm going to one-up you. Pulls out a chair wrapped in fabric and soaked in kerosene. So he set it on fire, and he was like, yeah, I've got this big chair on fire. And what he was meant to do was swing at Terry Funk, who, you know, was outside the ring, and, you know, be like, oh, if you come in here, I'll swing and I'll hit you and I'll set you on fire. He swings, the fabric flies off the chair, lands on Terry Funk, and poor Terry Funk is engulfed in flames. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, right. The angle in-ring of Dreamer and Raven still going at it like they would, was meant to end up with the lights going out, and when they would come back on, Tommy Dreamer would be crucified up in the eagle's nest, which is where 
Jerry Stars used to do the play-by-play. Mm-hmm. So obviously Terry Funk's accidentally on fire and suddenly all the lights go out. Mass panic. <laughs> <laughs> People rushing for the exits. <laughs> Chairs going left, right on centre. Terry Funk's on fire. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was pandemonium. Calls to ECW the next day ranged from people who swore they would never, ever return to those who thought it was the greatest thing they had ever seen. Terry Funk was furious. Uh, He was badly burned. He was annoyed that he was so sloppy. The fact there was a mass panic. He went backstage and destroyed the dressing room, including throwing an electric fan through a table and throwing chairs everywhere. Jeez. Before calming down and apologizing to everyone. Um, There's a lot of hotheads in ECW, isn't there? <laughs> it's what we're learning over the last few but, weeks. But it's like Terry Funk always comes across, even though know, legitimate, tough, old school, but he comes across as such like a softly spoken, mild-mannered... When he talks, he talks. Wobbly voice. I'm a ghost. <laughs> Him going backstage and be like, what in the hot hell's going on? Basically, I don't know what a JPEG is. <laughs> just want a picture of a goddamn hot dog. Throw his fan. <laughs> See, I'm just, I'm just imagining Hank Hill just going backstage and be like, what in the hot hell was there? Just <laughs> smash the place up. So uh, Terry Funk calmed down and being such a company guy, he requested to wrestle on the next show on the 18th of November because he felt he needed to because it was important to get fans back in the next show and to say, hey, don't worry, I'm okay. I'm Terry Funk. I may have been on fire, but that's the way things go. Um, Paul Heyman didn't want to make any comments about the situation until reviewing all the films, but he had told people after the show that it would be the last time fire would be used as a prop on an ECW show. The lying Torag. As if Paul Heyman would lie. How dare you? Well, consider me shocked. Honest Paul... Telling a fibberoonie. If you're not familiar with ECW, they used fire quite a lot. They used fire quite often. Just like Tom's favourite wrestler, Cody Rhodes. Oh, Tables would go on fire all I like the, the bit where he was on fire. That was a fun time for I, all him. I like Cody Rhodes, but I do like the fact that he's like, right, I'm going to take the majority of this fire bump <laughs> and I'm going to win. It's like, oh, Cody, mate, come on. I like the bit where he got out a golden shovel because I know people that use subtext and they're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> he even held it and went, lean in! <laughs> he might as well just gone, I'm a baddie now! <laughs> God love Cody Rhodes. I, yeah. Did you get in your notes um, the Bastion Booger sighting? No. Oh. How did I not see this Bastion Booger sighting? Uh, Mike Shaw is in Europe. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's been competing in the German Cup in Hamburg. Alongside somebody who is competing on this very show, Ooh. Uh, which we'll get to in a little bit. He d- <laughs> I don't want to pour, sc- pour scorn on any wrestler, but Bastin Booger. Now, he- Mike Shaw it was was very well regarded. See, I've only as ever a nice man. I've only ever seen the Bastin Booger stuff mm. and a bit of Fry Ferguson, so I don't actually know much outside. No, of that, but, but, but apparently he's very liked backstage. Yeah, he just gets these weird shitty gimmicks. <laughs> But well, wasn't Bastian Booger because Vince basically went, look at him, he's fat, give him, give him mustard and hot dogs. Basically, Vince was unhappy with the shape that Mike Shaw was in. He's like, oh, you're just going to be fat. What was he expecting? Fat. Like a six-pack. <laughs> no, that's one, two, three, kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 
a good joke. Thank you. Yeah. So let's go to Monday Night Raw <laughs> for October the 30th, 1995. Now, uh, part of the Raw taping uh, for this show was taped before the live Raw we saw last week. Yes. And then the other part of it was taped after the live Raw. So there's some wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey bullshit going on here. Uh, the crowd, I, I guess, it, and, and this serves several masters, it's... Um, it allows for the crowd more than anything to be still hot. Yeah. Because I think the issue they've had before, and we've noticed it, is that you see the ramping up of the heat machine as the weeks go on. Yes. Um, there's So there is that master that is served. Uh, also, from a, a building point of view, it means that people aren't staying late. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of get, you know, if you've, if you've started taping the other episode of Raw before the cameras go on, yeah. you're kind of ahead of the game a little bit of yourself. And um, pacing, I guess, is the other one. But it's a bit of a weird setup. But it means then that, like, you had a spot tonight which occurred uh, in reaction to a thing that hadn't happened yet. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly timey wimey bullshit. Yeah, because episode of Raw. when we watched the last episode, which was live, I had commented that, Jesus Christ, this crowd were dead, hmm. thinking it was the first in the series, but they'd already been there a little while by this point. They'd been there a little while by this point, yes, exactly. Todd Bettingill is doing his Dracula impression, talking about the spooky happenings around the Intercontinental <laughs> Championship. Nothing spooky about the Raw tonight. It's not even a trickle street fight. What are you thinking? <laughs> That's how you do spoopy. Except the costumes of our commentary team. Vince McMahon dressed in prison attire, while Lawler is dressed as a doctor in a weird future echo, wearing a face mask. Uh, Vince McMahon's prison gear uh, gives Lord of the chance to say, oh, this is an outfit you got a year ago that you haven't had a chance to wear. <laughs> a nice little nod back to the steroid trials that we all know and love from 1994. That did make me go out loud. Ooh, Jerry. Yeah, Ooh. J- Jerry. Jerry chose murder today. Um, the WWF logo is carved uh, is a carved out pumpkin in the corner. WCW will do the same thing on Nitro this week. Yeah, it's cute. I did like it. Uh, we open with and now let's remember what they called this last week: <sighs> the Battle of the Legends. The Battle of the Legends. Savio Vega, Caribbean legend, Goldust, debuted at the last pay per view. <laughs> Legends. I don't. I, I. I get that you've got to give everything a little bit of mustard and a little bit of muster, but come on. The hyperbole was off the charts with this one. Yes, wasn't it? Hy- hyperbolics <laughs> rather it, than hyperbolic. His network TV debut is Goldust, and he's a legend. Apparently, I. I would literally network TV debut is enough. Yeah, is enough. It really is. Uh, Goldust and Savio Vega is opening the show. Goldust entrance is great. Oh, it's so good. And and I think when you compare it to so much of the other stuff that we've seen, this really jumps off the page. Yeah. I really like it. The lighting, there was, was the glitter rain, wasn't there? Glitter coming from the sky. Obviously, that theme is fantastic. And something I'd never really put two and two together. Uh, Jerry Lull actually says that Goldie's theme sounds a bit like the theme from Halloween, the John Carpenter one. Ooh. It does, actually. Which, as soon as I said that, I was about to start singing the melody. I've completely forgotten it. So, um, even though I watched Halloween recently. But um, if you go back to our listeners out at home, uh, after this, listen to Goldust's theme and then listen to the Halloween theme, and they are quite similar. Ah. 
Yeah, I can hear. I, I can hear it in like. Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, I can hear it. I can hear it. Um, gold Dust uh, is showered in gold on his arrival. Vince McMahon says it's written into Gold Dust's contract that he must be bathed in gold for his arrival for matches. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of making that. Oh, this is what he's demanded as a Hollywood star. I like the build around him. Yeah. I really, really do. I think he's great. Uh, Goldust uh, used a wig snatch to distract Vega to get the early advantage, and Vince is suggesting that Vega was mesmerized by Goldust. <laughs> Just can't take my eyes off this weird banana man. <laughs> he still looks very banana-y. For when Dustin eats a banana, an amazing transformation occurs. <laughs> John! <laughs> Dustin is Banana Man. Tim <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's finest hour was Banana Man. I heard they were doing a movie, and then it all went very quiet. Ah, oh, I mean, when was the last time Banana Man was on TV? Doesn't matter. We'll is he still, is he still any dandy readers out there? Is Banana Man still in the dandy? Surely somebody must still read the dandy. They still make it. Yeah. Must, but it must. It's probably full of like TikTok jokes now. I don't know. Yeah. We have kids. Desperate Dan's got. A, <laughs> Only fans. <laughs> Only Dan's. <laughs> Pay five pound a month and see what I do with this cream pie. See what I do with cream this pie. cow pie. Cow pie. Oh, it beca- oh. It beca- well, see what it becomes. <laughs> I'll see you later. I'm off home. <laughs> Only Dan's. John! No, don't. No, don't. don't no. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vega fights back. We cut to the crowd where there's four guys dressed as Goldust. Yeah. They got blonde wigs and all that stuff, t shirts that say, I love Goldust and Goldust rules. Do you reckon they were plants or do you reckon they were just a bit smarky? Oh, I think smarky. Yeah. I don't know. I think Vince would want to get Goldust over as a heel. Yeah. I think planting fans to babyface him would be, uh, it would be a weird decision. I think if Vince was going to plant fans for Goldust, it'd be people booing him. True, true. Rather than people dressed as him. Yeah. Maybe. He moves in mysterious ways, does Vince. And Goldust. <laughs> Vince and Lawler on commentary are chatting about their costumes. Lawler reveals he's dressed as a proctologist, hence the gloves. Vince responds with, started from the bottom and you stayed there. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Did you did, did you hear earlier on though talking about they had some gold in this episode when um, Goldust was making his entrance and Jerry Law said oh he's like Oric Goldfinger and so yeah Vince was like oh I like Ms Galore and Jerry's like what was the first name Vince what was Ms Galore from <laughs> oh, Goldfinger's yeah. first name Vince Goldust was coming out yeah go on say it Vince say the word pussy Vince <laughs> and he's like oh no, no, no. yeah. Uh, Vince and Lord as I say on commentary just with bangers whilst the match continues big piped in pop for Vegas comeback I thought that sounded quite genuine but apparently I've been tricked by WWE magic I it's only because whenever whenever I hear um, chants and stuff I tend to look to the crowd true and they're with really sitting on their hands, were they? Oh yeah, there was like it was like oh, there's a lot of roaring from this crowd, <laughs> but like everyone just sat very still. Uh, the the Caribbean legend moves in mysterious ways mm, as well. He may be old. <laughs> uh, Vince goes on to suggest that Lawler and Isaac Yankum, who were tag teaming in the main event, uh, with Lawler being a proctologist and Yankum being a dentist, they're a great team because they can work both ends. Oh God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the. <laughs> 
Oh, but yeah, by the way, our main event is uh, is Lawler and uh, Isaac Yankum versus Bret Hart and Hakushi. Put a pin in that. We'll get to that. B- <laughs> so Goldust avoids a crescent kick from Savio Vega, and then we get the finish, which was, I th- okay, I think this was meant to be a big boot. It yeah. looked like it looked like he went to press A and B, but he accidentally pressed B, and it was just standard kick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Followed by a weird arm hook cradle pin for the one, two, three. Hmm. This was a very flat finish. It's still working on a finisher for Gold Dust. Yeah, because what what did he finish Ginetti with? Was he it did the... the suplex, the forward suplex? Yeah. So why that not? That was fine. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I'm confused. Like, unless they're just trying something different. Unless he was meant to be a big boot. Unless he's doing a Bri- he's... Brian Danielson in AEW and he can finish it with anything. Oh, that old... I mean, I don't mind that. I, I, yeah, wouldn't but Danielson then, like, buzzer? But... <laughs> but then, like, I think maybe because maybe Dustin Reynolds is quite tall. Maybe yeah. they thought a big... Maybe there was an attempt at a big boot. If it had been a big boot, it would have been a bit more forgivable. It just felt like a standard kick, though. Yeah, because, I mean, even though he is tall, a big boot doesn't really suit the Goldust character. No. Oh. It doesn't. It doesn't. I did think this was better than the Marty Jannetty match at In Your House. Yes, because it, it was quicker. It was quicker. It was meat and potatoes to get Goldust over. Mm. Uh, there's a f- few, few nice lines on commentary, like Vince saying that Goldust looks like a masculine RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> did you get the bit where uh, Vince called Savio Vega the veteran? I, I didn't. No. He goes, ah, oh, the veteran Vega. Googled it. Savio Vega debuted in 1987. Dustin oh. Rhodes, 1988, so it does check out this time. So they're both veterans. Mm. So maybe they are. Maybe this is Battle of the Legends. Yeah. Maybe Vince was operating on a very different level to both of us. Yes, of course. And I just, I, I just take them on face value as being newcomers to the WWF. Yeah. So how long, because Savio would have debuted before I came on the podcast, how long has he been there? He's been there about a year. Yeah. Not long at all. Like, he debuted just before King of the Ring 94. Go. Hang on, no, no, no. He debuted at King of the Ring before King of the Ring 95. So it's only been a few months. Yeah. Wow. I'm pretty sure. Him and he, that was it because he had his big sort of coming out party at the King of the Ring. But he'd wrestled and debuted a few weeks before that. Yeah. But it, hadn't, it hasn't long enough to establish legend status. Well, well we know that he'll get a... Uh... A decent feud in 1996 mm. with, with a, a new upcoming star, which will go to WrestleMania. But more on that when it happens. He bloody will, won't he? Yeah. I'm going to turn that heater off. If you wonder what I'm doing in the background on the Patreon, turn the heater off because I'm going to, to die. <laughs> <laughs> I won't feel the benefit when I get out. Oh, no, I definitely won't. I won't feel the benefit. Oh, no. So, Doc Hendricks is dressed as NWO Sting for the Survivor Series Slam Jam. He's got weird orange face paint on. He looks like NWO Sting. The fucking state of Doc <laughs> Hendricks. I've got, I've put, uh, he's painted like a pumpkin. He's right. So, he's painted as a pup- pumpkin. He's got fake Dracula teeth. He's, he's gurning. He hasn't painted his mustache. So, he looks like heavy metal icon King Diamond, but if he lived in Miami. <laughs> He looks, what a great callback. He looks terrible. What a banger of a callback <laughs> that is, though. I really like that. 
Um, he announces that Brett and Diesel has been, for Survivor Series has been made no count out, no disqualification, and no time limits. Mm. Following interference, corrupting their last match. So that's some nice long-term booking. Because Rumble 95, we had Brett and Diesel, and it was a DQ finish. Oh. And they went, we don't want that again this time. So no DQs, no countouts, and it went along last time, so no time limits. There must be a winner. Oof. I liked this. This was a nice this was this was when they make this was making a gimmick for the for the right reasons yes. rather than just because. We break away to see the end of a shoving battle between Ramon and Owen Hart. <laughs> We didn't even see the shoving. It's, it's the equivalent of your dad going, oh, David Beckham's out. David Beckham, what year is David this? David Beckham. Harry Kane's outside. You just missed him. Oh, there he goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did your dad used to do that to you quite a lot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that old trick. Yeah. Um, anyway, they'll fight later for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, back, okay. Now back's back again. Barry Horowitz and Harkushi, they are best friends. They are tag team partners, but not tonight, because they're fighting with karate fighters. <laughs> so this is part of the sponsorship deal for karate fighters, where in the run-up to Survivor Series, which, which uh, Milton Bradley's karate fighters sponsors, uh, they will be having the wrestlers, mainly the tag teams, having karate fighter competitions. Mm. So the first one we're getting is Barry Horowitz <laughs> and Harkushi. Barry wins! <laughs> Barry Horowitz beats Harkushi. <laughs> it felt like a fast show sketch. It felt so strange. But I loved this. And I thought, this is dumb, but I love it. I want some karate fighters. But let's face facts. These are two grown men. <laughs> One of which is part of the FMW roster of Hayabusa. The actual Hayabusa. Yeah. Not the Al Snow flavoured one. I really want some karate fighters, you know. I think we should get some for the watch. Along. Yeah. I think we should. I'll work on it. They're, I have looked into them. They're quite pricey. If, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we can find a way to make it, <laughs> put it through the budget. If, if we can find some at a reasonable price. If, if, mm. we, if we can't write off the expenses, I'll gladly go halves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. All right. <laughs> Bet. All right, we'll do it. We'll okay. do it for the Survivor Show's watch along. That sounds like a lovely idea. What a way to start the new year. <laughs> the Milton Bradley karate fighters. <laughs> What did you get for Christmas? Oh, oh my God. I got Tenderfoot or whatever his name is. <laughs> they all had fun names. One was called Tenderfoot. <laughs> I got... I got, the gentle, glaucoma. I got the gentle caress of... <laughs> the gentle caress of Tenderfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I got flexi shins. I got skibbity bub and Monty Jig and other karate fighters. Monty Jig. <laughs> Who's your favourite karate fighter? Mine's a win flamadag. <laughs> mine's mine's the big rascally Bob. <laughs> he's a bruiser, but he's a lover. <laughs> or you could be Johnny Hot Dogs. <laughs> Or you can be Honky Tonk. <laughs> I'll be Honky Tonk. <laughs> you can be Honky Tonk. Blatant, biting now. <laughs> yeah, we're just blatantly stealing from them now. <laughs> 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, kid. Let's see what you got. Anyone can talk the talk. But you can't walk the walk if you don't have the music. This kid can move. WWF Full Metal, the album. The entrance themes of your favorite WWF superstar. This kid's no pencil my gate. <laughs> They're all here on one fabulous CD. This tune makes me want to mock. <laughs> Full Metal, the album. Available at all record stores now. Johnny Swinger. He's back he's on back. WWE television. Oh, he's back. As Joe Dorgan faces Marty Jannetty. I've put in my notes, Jatkins will be delighted. Jatkins is delighted. Are you delighted? I'm delighted. In my notes, I'm like Johnny Swinger. <laughs> During the match, Vince announces that Jerry Lawler and Isaac Yankum will face Bret Hart and Harkushi in a tag team match later on because heaven forfend the Lawler-Hart feud should ever, ever end. I mean, Barry Hakushi can't... Uh, Barry Hakushi. Barry Hakushi! They're one person now. Hakushi can't... They merge together like Power Rangers. Actually, Barry Hakushi sounds like a karate fighter. <laughs> Barry Hakushi. <laughs> I was meant to say, Hakushi can't even beat Barry Horowitz in karate fighters, so how is he going to fare in this tag match? That's but... a very good shout. Yeah. I'm very concerned. Mm. Uh, Dorgan has a good showing, but this is a showcase really for Marty Jannetty, who wins yeah. with a diving fist drop. He will face the British Bulldog next week following their shenanigans last Ooh. week. There's trouble at Mill. Uh, fine match. It is what it is. It's quick. Put over Marty. They're really all in on the Marty train. Mm. I don't know why they've just decided that Marty's the guy. Because they knew he'd be the difference maker when he eventually joins WCW's Cruiserweight division in 96, <laughs> 7, 8. Is he joined the Cruiserweight division? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I look forward to it. And that. He, he looks like a man out of time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, video package for Raw next week. Aforementioned matches being bigged up before we throw to Vince McMahon in the ring interviewing British Bulldog flanked by Clarence Mason and Jim Cornette. Cornette is livid 
about what happened in your house with Bulldog being denied, overlooked, and passed over. So here we go. So we've got Cornet, we've got uh, Bulldog, we've got Clarence Mason, we've got Vincent Mann in his prison outfits. Uh, Cornet says he re- he's read the writs that Clarence Mason has written, and the writs he's written are really well written. Writs. Ritz. Mason says that justice is going to be served. Bulldog is going to get what is his, and that is, of course, a title shot. A title shot. A yeah. title shot. Hey, lawyer man, give me title shot. You if, bastard. Do I have to pay you if I don't win? Because <laughs> <laughs> can we go down bingo and I win title? <laughs> Pasty piece supper, two fifty. <laughs> Not to be sniffed at. And I would know I'm a bulldog. I do sniff. <laughs> I've been sniffing today. Oh, don't tell Vince. Oh, shit, you are Vince. <laughs> he, he was Didn't recognise you in your costume. Davey was gurning and licking his lips yeah. as he flexed. <laughs> just basically, so like you've got Clarence doing some real, some real strong uh, lawyer-based shtick. Yes. And whilst he's doing this, you've literally, as you say, got Bulldog just gurning. Like, just go out there and act like you're having a seizure, Dave. That's all we need you to do. I can do that <laughs> without having a seizure. Oh, okay, well, oh. we'll meet you halfway. Oh. <laughs> Mason says justice is going to be served. Bulldog's getting what is his, of course, a title shot. He says the actions of Gorilla Monsoon are outrageous and egregious because. So here's the story here, right? It was agreed by Gorilla Monsoon that the winner of the match at In Your House. Uh, four will face the Brit- will face um, Bret Hart at Survivor Series. Yes, Bulldog won the match by disqualification. Yeah, so Clarence Mason is going. Bulldog won the match, so he should face Bret Hart. There's no title involved, but he's adamant that Bulldog should get the match, the main event match on pay per view. This is also subtly putting over Bret Hart because it's saying fuck the title. He wants to fight Bret. He wants. He's has earned a match with Bret Hart. Yeah. He's earned a match with Bret Hart. Um, Mason wants Bulldogs to face Bret to determine an undisputed top contender for Survivor Series. That's what they're angling for now, a match between Bret Hart and Bulldog. They go one better, which we'll get to in a bit. Cornette is upset with the wild card match, as many of us are. Monsoon <laughs> splitting up Cornette's faction and building teams with no trust. So we've got like Shawn Michaels teaming with Ahmed Johnson, um, Sid Vicious and the British Bulldog. Yes. And we have got um, Yoko Owen Hart, Yokozuna, Razor Ramon. Someone else. No. Kid? Maybe the kid. Maybe the kid. But like, it's like a, they mixed it all up. Mabel in there? I don't know. No, Mabel's on another team that we talk about oh, next okay. week. Oh. We're um, excited for Survivor Series. Yeah. Bulldog warns Janetti. You may rock the WWF, but next week I'll drop you. <laughs> you bastard. Oh, yeah, you oh, You fuck off. You little rockin' rocket, gobshite. Rocket man, Elton John. <laughs> it's good, Elton John. Yeah, uh, gonna be a long, long time, though, <laughs> for me to beat you up. <laughs> Saturday night, it's all right for battering you. Wrong song, you bastard. Oh, ooh. <laughs> ooh. Your song, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> you honky cat. <laughs> Don't turn back on it, well. <laughs> Quit those days of a redneck race. I tell you this, though, Marty. Sorry seems to be hard as well. Tell me, Grey Seal, how does it feel to be so white? <laughs> we'll go deep into the archive. I, 
I want love, my different kind. I want love, bring me up, bring me up, bring me up. Robert Downey Jr., shut up. <laughs> I just imagined Bulldog in a big wig. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... I'll beat up Benny and the Jets. <laughs> I'm going to see Alan John next year, and you are, yeah. it's probably going to be about as good as that. He's going to look. He looks a bit like Bulldog these days. So <laughs> I mean, that nice video with Ed Sheeran. You were, you were talking about. I still it's haven't lov- watched it. It's a lovely song. It's mm. a lovely song. A few people have got on their back a little bit. I kind of get for the for the lie where they go. I know this year's been bad, but just forget it for a bit. So it's like a lot of people have died in the last two years. <laughs> You're kind of going, look, I know it's been shit, but come on, it's Christmas! <laughs> Elton John in his castle. Just like, yeah, it's fine. I'm all right in here. It's a lovely video because it kind of, it does, it plays off um, David Bowie and Bing Crosby. Yeah. It plays off, I think, a bit of Kylie. It plays off um, Wizard, mm-hmm. my boys from down there. Um, <laughs> oh my God, bit with bloody, so... Um, in the Ed Sheeran music video for Perfect, there's a little kitten in it. When this is a woman in the, he's, he's in love with in the video, and they've got a little kitten, and he goes around the corner in the video for Merry Christmas, and the woman's there, and the kitten is now a big cat. And I was like, oh, oh, my heart. The cat's got big. It's a glow up. But the cat is as happy about being held as Pablo is. <laughs> so like, and I get this is probably like take 402 because they've got this cat and she's holding the cat and he's got like the, rest- he's got the harness on and he is pulling away. He is. And all Ed's got to do is go up and fuss his head and then walk away. But this cat fucking ain't having it. You got away from me, <laughs> that shaven. I fucking don't like you. Let me free. I will slice your eyeballs. (laughs) So that is the Christmas song from Elton John and Ed Sheeran and the Bulldog, apparently. (laughs) Daniel, my brother, you're older than me. Do you still feel pain? Yours are the sweetest ass you've ever seen. (laughs) You can tell anybody this is my title shot. Sad songs say so much. Turn them on. Don't wish it way. <laughs> Maybe you'll get a replacement. All right. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Roads. That's Effie's theme music, which That's, always makes me smile. It's it's, it's my favourite Elton John song as yeah. well. Susan. He comes out to Goodbye, Yellow Brick Roads. Man of taste. He's class. Right. Right. Enough Elton John. Enough of that. Okay. Back to Raw, unfortunately. Bulldog warns Jeanette, Rock. I remember when Rock was young. I'll drop you. <laughs> He's attacked from behind by Marty Jannetty. Jimmy eats a drop kick and a back elbow. And, and uh, Marty Jannetty goes to hit Clarence Mason, but pulls away. Dickhead. Yeah, he was nearly going to hit the... Clarence Mason had done nothing to Marty Jannetty. Marty... Should... I think that's why he didn't in the end. It's oh. guilt by association, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's guilt by association. All Bulldog really said was, I'm going to beat you, Marty Jannetty. And Jannetty was like, right, fucking, I'm going to batter everyone in this ring. Mm, so, yeah. yeah. This went on for far too long. A bit long, wasn't it? I timed it. It was only eight minutes, but it felt so much longer. When you have multiple people talking, these long sort of diatribes, it's yeah. always going to be the case. We haven't talked about Clarence Mason much. So I did a little bit of digging into the, the life and times of Clarence Mason. Yes. Um, he always wanted to be a performer, did uh, Clarence Mason. He wanted to always be a wrestler. When he was in college, he attempted to get an internship with WCW, but was unable to get one. Uh, when he w- he car- His other love was law, so he went into law school. So he's a legitimate legal yeah. eagle. Um, he befriended Ernie Ladd when he was in law school. 
And Ernie got him a meeting with the WWF. He went on to New York where he met Vince McMahon and he signed the contract that brings him to where he is today. Um, he's no longer in the wrestling game, but he is still a practicing attorney in Florida. Very nice. It's Clarence Mason. So you can actually get legal representation from Clarence Mason should you ever need it. He's very good at getting you a title shot. <laughs> Just ask the bulldog. So I take it then because... He, he's this is the first appearance of him for a little while isn't it since well, In Your we, House 3 we, we saw him at In Your House 3 I think he might have popped up the night after yeah but he will now become a more frequent figure okay because I obviously I'm most familiar with his run with the Nation of Domination it bleeds into that yeah, from okay. here so yeah so what we'll do is we'll, there's a storyline coming up which we'll see Clarence Mason um, sort of hoodwinking Jim Cornette a little bit and sort of managing a team which will then lead into him doing stuff with the nation okay so like he will he will kind of be in the loop for a while right um, which we'll talk about as we get to it I'm looking forward to that I Early Nation of Domination, I think, is very underrated. So Yeah, like the when it was like Farouk, Crush, um, Savio Vega, and then JC Ice and Wolfie D. Yeah. Their entourage. It was the entourage bit I liked of it because yeah. it was quite clearly Nation of Islam. Mm. Dilo Brown in the in the, the bow tie and everything, and everyone just standing there. And it it looked amazing. As a as a package, it was incredible. Yeah, really, really was. And um, it would change form over years but uh, that initial bit was very very cool mm. very cool in fact we'll see the the man behind the the nation debuting in due time oh. in, in quite the ghetto <laughs> it didn't it, it, it didn't carry cross did not survive it but this guy did i was about to say oh i, I love his blue helmet but <laughs> <laughs> I, I i mean i stopped myself before i said it and then revealed that and information then you said anyway, it anyway. And I know for a fact that's going to get clipped and put it at the beginning of this podcast. So here we go. It certainly is. <laughs> Smoking guns are in action. <laughs> I ain't denying it. You've left you a nice cut point. I appreciate it. Smoking guns are in action. <laughs> they are facing. Get fucking. Get this, you fucking. This will send you all the way. To the roller coaster of fuck, right? <laughs> this is gonna send you all the way to fuck Island and back, right? <laughs> it's gonna send you on a fuck rocket to the moon. Okay, get this, get this, you fuck. It's smoking guns versus versus Otis Apollo and Scott Demore. <laughs> Impact executive Scott Demore as enhancement talent oh. for the WWF. See, I, I use a website when I'm going along this, like a results website to see where it was filmed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, results, and then I go watch it on the network, consult cage match. And the site I used said this was Phil Apollo and John Reckner. And John Reckner, better known as Balls Mahoney. So, but, so I was like, oh, right, Balls Mahoney's coming up. And I clicked it and went, that's not Balls Mahoney. I went, that's, that's it. Impact Executive Vice President Scott Demore. That's Scott Demore. Hasn't changed, has he? No, <laughs> I put here. He's in exactly the same shape, but with a beautiful head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he didn't look like a wrestler then. Yeah, he didn't. 
but he is an excellent executive now. Yeah, I really like Scott DeMoss. So I was very <laughs> happy to see him. Uh, in my notes here, I've put, um, during this match, one, two, three kid does a picture in picture, apologizing for being a little bitch in Winnipeg and says if the guns are the tag champs they claim to be, they should give his little bitch ass and Razor Ramon another shot at the tag team titles. He didn't look or sound sincere, but no. I'm not sure if that was from a character standpoint or if he just he still wasn't very comfortable on the mic. Uh, it could be a bit of column A and it could be a bit of column B. Yeah. If I kind of know what's coming up. Yeah. So I could be a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, Damore, we'd love to talk more about the stuff that Damore does. He takes a pratfall during this match uh, when he gets drop toe-holded in. But apart from that, it's a bit of a shutout for the guns. Otis gets pinned with the sidewinder. Damore looked pretty ropey. Yeah. Nice to see him, though. He's a nice little, nice little footnote in history. Scott <laughs> Damore as a wrestler for the WWF in Canada. So, I mean, we're seeing quite a few uh, wrestlers who are based in Canada yes. getting a run out. Uh, as enhancement guys, there's a great one next week. Ooh, I can't wait for this. There is a great one next week. Um, we will be joined next week, by the way, uh, by uh, Michael Staley. And Michael Staley is one of our Patreon supporters. And he's going to join us next week to watch the, the next episode of the Classic Raw Review. If you would like to join us for an episode, you can do so by joining us at patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic, and thank you for your support. It's much appreciated. Uh, more details on there on tears and stuff. Um, Bret Hart is a promo, promising to become WWF champion at the Survivor Series. Uh, why does Bret always chuck in unnecessary definite articles to his WWF pay per views? Do you notice this? He does it for all of them. He, did, he talks about the Royal Rumble. That's fine. Some people do. He in his famous. He did a famous promo teasing him and Owen's cage match for the SummerSlam. Right. And I'm sure I've heard him call WrestleMania the WrestleMania. And here he is calling Survivor Series the Survivor Series. He definitely would have called WCW the WCW. Yeah, I've heard him call it the WCW. (laughs) Uh, But then he says, big boy, meet the truck stop. Meet the truck stop. Meet when discussing Diesel, which I thought was a nice line. I, I, I did like that line, but I like the bit where he goes, Diesel, you're big, strong, and a great wrestler. And you know for a fact, Bret Hart and his dad was like, oh, you fuck a great wrestler. <laughs> it's not the first time Bret's looked down the barrel of the camera and told a lie. <laughs> like, you know, oh, Hulk Hogan, uh, he's, my, he's my friend, and he's got my back against Yokozuna at WrestleMania 9. He'll have my back. And we all know what happened there. You're a fucking carny. I, I still really like WrestleMania Nine. It's, it's it is it is quite a treat. Is WrestleMania Nine? Yeah. It's it's its own special place in my heart. Uh, Owen Hart in action in our main <laughs> event, <laughs> uh, facing Razor Ramon. So Owen won the Battle Royal last week to earn this match uh, for the Intercontinental Championship. We've got the dud. Barry Dudinsky is now calling himself the Mayor of Merchandise. Stop trying to get yourself over, Barry. Um, he's flogging signed photos and some really shit-looking foam toy WWF titles. And they are really shit. Right, I get that some merch is shit, but these are really shit. I've actually got written here, the toy titles are shit. Yes, we both got... Where is it, where is it? Um... Really shit looking foam toys. <laughs> right, the WWF title they're selling is, it's not even the current WWF title. It's the title from the 80s. The title that Hulk Hogan swapped for the chunky gold one yeah. in the 80s. They're selling that with a fucking clear conscience. 
Buy this, kids! And the foam is just like everyone's favorite shades, ocean gray or military gray, and no other colors. They just, law. Oh, fuck you. $20, shit off. I get the vibe <laughs> that they brought Barry back literally just to clear out the, yeah. the storage unit because we've got this and there's some other shite they're flogging next week. I get the vibe that it's because you can buy the these... Or, and do you know what? If you owned... If you owned some of these awful foam WWF belts, please send us a picture at Brat Atkins or at Tom Campbell on Twitter. You'll know him. He's verified. Mm. Um, I want to see them because they look fucking disgusted. Just shameful. Um, <laughs> but then next week, they're, they're flogging some shite as well. So I think they're just clearing out the, the storage unit at this point. I did like the fact that uh, not only was Barry Dodinsky dressed like a poor man's Bill Hicks. <laughs> Owen's theme was playing during this. I'm with Barry Dodinsky there in a turtleneck with a jacket on going, oh, it looked like a Seinfeld sketch. <laughs> What's the deal with these title films? You buy this title, you got a signed picture. What's the deal with signed photos? I mean, why do you want ink all over a picture? <laughs> I like Seinfeld. It was a show about nothing. It was. And then it was fun. I love Seinfeld. What's the deal with these photos? Um, any other, anything else from the dud that you want to <laughs> <laughs> spit up? He makes me want to spit up. He's, he's not, so uncool. Not you personally, Barry. Sure, you're a lovely fella. Sure it's you. just the idea of Barry. I don't like. What if he's not a lovely fella? If he's not a lovely fella. What if he like kicks dogs? Get to fuck them, Barry. <laughs> Barry Dog Kickski, as the headline read that time. He hasn't kicked dogs, as far as I know. Just FYI, in case the, get Clarence Mason's listening. <laughs> oh, Tom, you bastard. I'm going to see you in court. <laughs> Bring Wigan. your phone belt, you bastard. And, and, and all the dogs you've kicked. Um, Razor rushes to the ring, sends Owen flying over the top. Razor in purple gear with the white belt. It's a strong look. Oh, well, God. It's it good is. look, in it? Yeah. Ooh, like <laughs> Oh, he's a lovely man. Oh, you bastard. It's got me popping. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> we need more white straps, <laughs> WWE titles. I, right, um, I watched NXT UK to the night, mm. and it was Ilya Dragunov versus Rampage Brown, right? And I haven't watched it back since, and I should do before I say this, but I'm pretty sure when because it's quite quiet in the BT Sports studio because you've just got like a handful of people, I'm sure when Ilya Dragunov handed the belt over to the ref, I heard the sound of Velcro. Oh, I hope not. Because they were doing it with some of them, weren't they? I think it was Velcro. I had a and it made me really sad. I know that... <laughs> it made me really sad. I know that some wrestlers, I know Moose said it recently... Um, just regard titles as props, but to the audience, they're not. No, it's 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 a sacred thing. Like when you're watching Star Wars, you're not going to oh, a lightsaber's just a prop. You're just thinking, oh god, that's a lightsaber. That's really cool. That's an important thing. You don't put fucking Velcro on a title belt. Don't put a Velcro. It's on like a buying belt. a fancy watch and keeping that layer of plastic over the face. What's the point? Yeah, it just cheapens it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I get that. So I'm hoping that's not the case. I might have misheard it. But I think that the white strap WWE Intercontinental title is a strong look. I just, uh, that's what, I mean, we, we know that I, I watch AEW, but I like the fact that the TNT title, whoever has it, has their own take on it. Mm. Miro's 
Bulgarian flag inspired one with the white strap. Mm. Oh, lovely. It's a good one, eh? Bloody lovely, that. Oh, got any side meats to go with it? <laughs> We've got some recovered ox livers. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck off. You fuck off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's blatant just stealing yeah. now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Here comes the fun bus. Um,. We get a great spot after the break. A good TV main event, by the way. Yes. A lot of legit crowd reaction for Ramon. Uh, Cornette tries to get involved. He gets clobbered. And this brings out Yokozuna and Mr. Mm. Fuji. And Yo and Cornette's crying to like Mr. Fuji because he got his eye hurt. He sounds like Jameson. He did, oh, didn't my eye. My glasses. Yeah, I was like, fuck off, Cornette. <laughs> He's a baddie. We're I know, I know. he did out. his job. Great spot after the break. Owen goes to flip over Ramon. And Razor just hurls him forward. Yeah. So he does this spot where he does like a, 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 a arm lock. He's sucking an arm lock. And in theory, he meant to go flip over the top of Razor, land behind him and hook the arm. Yes. Work once. Great. Goes to do it again. And Ramon just goes, fuck off. Just pushes him forward. I was, I was, It was simple. I liked it. Yeah. Pop for it. It's it, good. I, I like it when wrestling is like that. He went to the well one too many times and it yeah. bit him on the arse. Makes what happens little. if you do go to the well too often? Just no more water? Or do you fall in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you empty the well, don't you? Uh, yeah. And then right. some Timmy O'Toole will fall down it. Or <laughs> well, the woman from the ring crawls out. Oh, no. Um, Razor has multiple comebacks shut down. He stays in the match, though, into another commercial break. Uh, during the break, we get an advert for WWE's... WWF's Tour de Force, which includes... Have you got the same note that I've got? <laughs> I have. <laughs> Go on, Jack. <clears throat> As part of the WWF... <laughs> well, Tour de Force. WWF will be in Kentucky's EA Diddle Arena. The EA Diddle Arena. <laughs> What a shit name for it. <laughs> In the cult Alex sense of the word, it is the Diddle Arena. <laughs> Were you at the EA Diddle Arena show in Kentucky in 1995? <laughs> Please send any Polaroids. Are you EA Diddle themselves? <laughs> Hi, I'm EA Diddle. I'm dead now. <laughs> it's like when Bob Monkhouse did that advert from the grave. Remember oh, that? yeah. That's what Diddle's doing. <laughs> You say EA Diddle is Kentucky's answer to Bob Monkhouse. Yes, he is a gagman. <laughs> I, I'm EA Diddle, I got the jokes. <laughs> the diddlery. Like, if you want to know if you want to know where WWF currently are in the world of like where they are business-wise, they're fucking doing a show at Bowling Green, Kentucky's EA Diddle Arena. So, I like the fact there's a town called Bowling Green. <laughs> Someone's like, do you know what? But the Crown Court, lovely. <laughs> like, what do, what do we call our town? Ah, just fucking, there's a Bowling Green. We call it Bowling Green, Kentucky. I'm sure if you're listening in Bowling Green, Kentucky, you'll message and tell me why uh, we're being very rude. Post-commercial, Ramon starts firing back. He wipes mm. out Owen with some beautiful right hands and a back superplex. Owen reverses and Ramon reverses the reversal. He goes for the razor's edge, but here comes Yokozuna. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, levels Ramon, giving Razor the DQ win. Mm. Kid runs in to make a save. He gets overwhelmed and flattened. Who can stop Yokozuna? Oh! <laughs> 
There's a clue. Oh, there he is. Out comes Ahmed Johnson. This is the first time outside of the jumping to the pictures. Uh, outside of those vignettes, we see Ahmed Johnson. Come to Mama Ahmed Johnson. Um, he walks out. Right, okay. We make all the jokes. We make all the jokes about Ahmed Johnson. We'll make more. Yes. He comes out, he looks like a fucking million dollars. fucking great. Fuck me. He looks like he's going to fucking eat the world. He looks incredible. Be, like the best shape he's ever been in. He looks mad as fucking hell. He stands behind Yokozuna as Yokozuna says, I did a thing. Yokozuna turns round. Ahmed, without flinching, fucking slams Yokozuna. Crowd go mental. Yeah. Whoa! Where to get Ahmed over? Not only, and it's the next bit as well. Yeah, fucking fresh from a pint of bombardier. Bulldog runs to the ring, sees Ahmed, and goes, "Oh, I don't fancy that." Yeah, Bulldog comes for him. Ahmed sort of goes, like ready to fight. Bulldog stops dead in his tracks. But did you see what Ahmed did when Bulldog stopped in his tracks? He crouches and starts flicking his tongue like a lizard. He goes. <laughs> <laughs> but he looked apart from that weird thing with the tongue he looked amazing he was ready for a fight I mean <laughs> I love the fact though that before that one two three kid ran out and got battered instantly like he does every week yeah I mean fair play to him for having to go out fighting Yoko just getting decimated this was a great post match though yeah I put the belt on Ahmed <laughs> <laughs> that's my first thought is Ahmed's your guy like if you keep keep his shit simple yeah Ahmed, your guy. If they would have given him the Goldberg push and yeah. just had him come out, don't say a thing, because that's why we make the jokes about Ahmed, because he can't cut a promo to save his life. But then, so, but they're so adamant to do the thing with these guys where they're like, make sure they are baby faces by going, I love my mother, do what's right, you can't go wrong. Clean your teeth. Like, <laughs> we, you, I just think like they are so reluctant still at this point, this is WWF, to let just a good guy just crack on and yeah. not have to go hey support our troops love the world like just let them be and yeah. they will get over because he got over here by battering the former two-time WWF world champion without breaking a sweat did not break a fucking sweat and also I think it's quite I can't help but feel like at this point with everything going on over in Atlanta and dub C dub. Mm. This is a little sort of re bit of revisionist history because famously the person that slammed Yokozuna mm. was Lex Luger. Now Lex Luger's over there. WF have gone, fuck that. This boy slammed Yoko, did it with ease. Yeah. So this is, if anyone asks who can slam Yokozuna, we can now say this guy. And Yoko's heavier than Andre the Giant. And who slammed Andre the Giant? He's over there yeah, as well. He's shit. Ahmed. Ahmed's your man. Ahmed's your boy. This was great. I loved that. I loved Ahmed coming out. It's the best. It's, and, like, and, and we're going to get a real hot streak for Ahmed. Yeah. <laughs> Just inter interlaced with humor <laughs> throughout. He's... <laughs> But Ahmed vs. Bulldog. Oh, I can't wait for oh that. Oh, my God. Shoot that right into my veins. Did you... What did you think of the match, though, actually? Uh, match was all right. It was, yeah. a good paper. it was a good TV match. They meshed well together to these crazy cats. I thought Razor showed some intestinal fortitude, as they say. Mm -hmm. At one point in the match, he took a baseball slide drop kick from Owen, and it looked like he smashed his teeth into the guardrail. Oh, And he's lying on the floor, and I watched it through a few times. I'm not sure if it's blood on the floor or if it's just a sweat mark or a baby oil mark. Ooh. But it, it looks like he proper bangs his face on the railing when he flops. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, 
so if you if you listen at home, watch that and let me know because it, it it if he's selling it, then he's a genius. But if he's hurt himself, he's isn't it a weird little thing? Didn't didn't he? Was he responsible for something happening like that to Dean Douglas? Yeah, um, as well. He clotheslined Douglas at In Your House Four mm-hmm. during Dean's historical Intercontinental title reign, the greatest Intercontinental title reign, and um, clotheslined him that hard. He did something to his larynx, and Dean Douglas was coughing up blood afterwards and was out of action all week. So that's why Dean Douglas isn't about. Jeez, and Ramon's getting something similar by the looks of it. Yeah, yikes! Uh, but uh, what did you make of the match? I I thought it was good. Good match, understandable DQ ending. Uh, very strong post match angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Owen and Razor are, are going to deliver at all times. The the simple things I like though, just Yoko walking out just looked awesome. I was just thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, Yoko's here, just like not asked, taking my time. If you mess up, son. I'll have you. Yeah. And then Ahmed comes out looking like a beast. Bulldog puts him over like an absolute killer. Yeah, really good. Great stuff. Great yeah. stuff. So uh, we are, that's our last Raw for October. Uh, next week, uh, we are, we continue our journey towards Survivor Series. Uh, next week, we have got Isaac Yankum, DDS, and Jerry Lawler versus Harkushi and Bret Hart in a tag team match for the ages because the feud must continue. It never fucking ends. And we're getting Bulldog taking on Marty Janetti. Lovely, lovely, Another rivalry for the ages for next week. Uh, And until, oh, what are you working on this week? Anything? Getting getting to to the, the final furlong of that big, big list. Oh, the secret big list. Well, yeah, we're, we're getting to the meat and potatoes end of it now. Oh, I like a bit 106 of meat. entries, I think it is. I've got about 17 odd to go, if that. So I'm working on that and just trying to get as much groundwork in before we go into Christmas mode, really. Yeah. I was going to say, well, about yourself, but you're burning the candle at both hands. I, 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 it's, a, it's a slightly calmer is week it? this week, because I'm not doing two jobs all week. So so if, if anything, like this is a much calmer week. There's a Very few nice. late finishes, but they'll they'll be balanced out. But so it's a much... I'm still There's still good stuff happening. Um, there's a classic Nitro watch along with Sam and myself and possibly Jackins. Uh, should should he want to pop down? Literally, okay, we'll do a bit of admin. Literally, just pop down. Yeah. If you want to watch it, just come sit with us. We'll have pizza and stuff. So that'll be great. Um, we'll, be, uh, we'll have the classic SmackDown review. It'll be a watch-along of Royal Rumble 2001. All watch-alongs, mainly. Good rumble, that. <laughs> Very good rumble. Good rumbly, that. And that'll yeah. be Saturday, if you want to join us for that one. Uh, a brand spanking new Desert Island graps this week. I'm in conversation with the reigning X Division champion, Trey Miguel. Very nice. He's picking his three favourite matches to watch while stranded on a desert island. And, uh, and and he gives his thoughts on the Shaman, who by the time it goes out, it would have been revealed who it is. Uh, but... It's fine. It's the rest of the interview is still fairly timely. Yeah. So that's fine. <laughs> and uh, that'll be on the podcast feed where you got this from. So loads of other stuff to, to keep an eye on. And if you would like to, as Michael Stafford were doing next week, join us for an episode of the Classic Raw Review or the Classic Nitro Review or the Classic Smackdown Review, or maybe you would like to have your very own episode of Desert Island Graps or Straight to Hell with Ross Tweddle. You can do that by becoming a Patreon. More details at patreon.com forward slash Colzaholic. And until we are next time with you, he is the verified at Brat Atkins on Twitter. <laughs> I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Colzaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Ooh. The closer to the bone, the sweeter the meat. Ooh, <laughs> you absolute fuck. Love 
auf jeden Fall. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 